0: It's 9.29 and some seconds, and it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with my ever-fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning.
1: Good morning. I got my apron on. You do. And it's made of neoprene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have your apron on under a fleece.
1: (laughs) Oh, and I've got spatulas taped onto my feet so I can make it home from this show. Good Lord, it's high tide right now. Wow, and it's raining like biblically. No, I know we have
0: yard ducks <laughs> oh, at our yard house. Yard ducks,
1: oh, <laughs> Lower Lake Myers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they can swim in on high tide. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, we should oh. have duck.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. that's what we'll talk about cooking today. Yeah. yeah, we should get our casseroles like and bring hey. them two by two to Noah's <laughs> refrigerator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure his freezer's in your basement. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. I think everybody's his. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, I just defrosted my fr- chest freezer. No, Did uh, you? Not voluntarily. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know how when you can't, like, get the little slidey things out, be, yes. the little slidey bins out because yeah. they're frozen, in that's when you have to, you know. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. It's so pristine now. Well, it's so much better when they than when they... Involuntarily defrost themselves. Oh, no, we don't want that. That would be the worst, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. the bad.
0: That's that. That's, that's not good.
1: That's funny because maybe that's, it doesn't make sense that it's a winter thing. You'd think you'd do your defrosting in the summer, but I've been defrosting freezers too. Well? And by me, I mean Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dale. Yes, well, we are,
0: once you're married, you're interchangeable. That's how it works.
1: <laughs> except for cooking.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Because of all the knife wounds. Yes. Poor Dale. <laughs> and auto repair. I mean, yeah. seriously, yeah. it just
0: doesn't, you know, it's uh, separate but equal. Yeah. <laughs> it is cooking weather, though, I got to yeah. say. Yeah. I'm inspired just because I'm comfortable to be in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so I've been cooking a lot more. And also I think uh, staying home is key to actually cooking. Yeah,
1: because if you go outside and look up, you'll drown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like apparently I hear turkeys can do. Yes, I don't yes. know. If
1: that's and true. I might be a turkey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what have you been cooking?
1: Well, um, that's it's funny how you said that about cooking because um um I get you know, you get cold. You get cold when it's raining and it's yeah. winter and it's just cold. And that's something that I look forward to is turning the oven on and maybe putting something on a braise and and, um, having it in the oven for three or four hours. And it just, it does, it really warms that part of the house, which is nice. But I've been thinking about that lately. And I think the thing that makes me feel kind of Cabin fevery yes. is um, part of it is just that I don't get enough fresh vegetables and specifically salad because, you know, we're both the same way. We so look forward to the spring when when there's lettuce again, you know, that that's but the farmers have been doing a real good job of they've been growing greens it, this winter.
0: Every year it gets better. Yeah. But but we don't have the variety of fresh you know, yeah. we're like solidly into root vegetable season yeah. now.
1: But I've been trying really hard to have maybe every third or fourth meal be a meal salad. And then, um, and, and that just really seems to help with the, the not so much cabin fever, but just winter doldrums, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think that that is helping. And so I'm not making anything fancy and how you said root vegetables, you know, I'm. it seems like. I'm always roasting them for something because that's how I like them. They're okay mashed, but yeah, I really don't want them mashed. But if I cube them up and I toss them in some olive oil, salt and pepper and then um, put them on a piece of parchment paper on a, a baking sheet and then stick them in the oven at 425 for you know, probably takes 20 minutes, you know till their little corners. Get those, you know, dark brown black cringlies that I yeah. like, you know, when they're that roasted. That's how yeah. I like them. And then I eat them for whatever I want, but I always make enough that I can put some cold in a salad. Do
0: you do you ever uh, blanch any of your veg before you roast?
1: Um, what? Carrots,
0: specifically.
1: No. The only thing that I blanch before I roast would be whole little fingerling potatoes. Oh, okay. That, I never... That's, I, I parboil those before I roast them, but that's okay. the only thing. So no, not sweet potatoes, not yams, not Sweet potatoes parsnips.
0: and yams go off pretty fast in the oven, okay. but I find that carrots take quite a long time. And really? Yeah, but I don't cube them. I They're spears. and they're Yeah, I slice
1: them long, but yeah. I, I cut them the long way either two or four times. I mean, like into Yours two are, or four pieces. Yeah,
0: and mine are just, uh, I cut them thicker. I think we've done roast veg together before, and I've okay. noticed that... The, the, uh, the mystery of mine taking longer is that they're just bigger. Okay. Um, so chunks. Yeah, chunks. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've threatened myself with blanching them before I toss them in the oven just because I have had them take like forty minutes before okay, at yeah. four hundred yeah. anyway. Wow. Um, before they get that l- nice little char and they're really fork tender. Although well, I think that roast veg are pretty good all the way through the, pro, you know. The... Yeah,
1: even if they're a little crunchy, that's yep. just fine, yeah. So um, carrots, like if I'm going to make boiled carrots, doesn't that sound delicious? Mm, boiled. But if I'm going <laughs> to make boiled carrots, um, I... We get... changed that to steamed. No, boiled. <laughs> <laughs> because um, steamed carrots, I don't know... There's something about carrots, they are really dense, you know, yes. and it just doesn't seem to get to the middle of the pile. No, it doesn't. So I boil them, but yeah. um, uh, I cut them into discs and then get the water boiling, put them in the water, put a lid on it, and it takes 25 minutes. Yep. So yeah, they, they are resistant to cooking.
0: They really don't want to go. <laughs> they don't want to go. They
1: do not <laughs> want to go.
0: Although I got to say that some of the best carrots I ever ate were uh, served at a... Uh, a friends of a friend's house for dinner and it was boiled carrots that were then drained and tossed in butter and horseradish really with what a salt good idea. and pepper and I it really was just that. enough horseradish to just make you go oh this is really
1: good what a great idea so you could make a horseradish compound butter
0: yes in fact that's really what it was it okay. just got made in the pot right yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. um yeah exactly that's a really you could.
1: really good idea because I like a little horseradish I don't like a lot.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. It's assaultive to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it will de- definitely overshadow anything. Mm-hmm. It's a real spotlight pig. <laughs> <laughs> It wants to be the star, <laughs> oh. doesn't want anybody else to have this bottle.
1: If I'm making a standing rib roast and I want horseradish with it, what I'll do is I'll, I'll whip cream, heavy cream, whip it, and then um, uh, fold in some horseradish. And so it's not as gloppy, dense as sour cream with horseradish, which is what most people do. And um, um, it behaves a lot better on the meat than, of course, mayonnaise and horseradish. But um, And then I put in some chives, a salt and pepper, and maybe a little bit of garlic. And I really like that. And it's the same thing. It's just not a lot of horseradish have flavor. You, have you uh,
0: tried horseradish powder?
1: No. Well. I have wasabi powder. I
0: know. See? Me too. But I discovered horseradish powder really? at our local uh, spice shop. Okay. And um And it's spiffy. Really? Because you can use it in ways that you would use black pepper or anything like that you know it it isn't like um, the horseradish prepared horseradish that we would take yeah. out of a jar um, they're both great but i really i'm like horseradish
1: powder you know that's such a good idea because with horseradish you know you have the pr- prepared horseradish which is something between food processed and grated but it has strands like hairs yes. like, like not hairs that sounds awful it but has texture exactly and so you can't get around a certain amount of horseradish in each bite because it's not granular it's not so tiny yes that's such a great idea yeah
0: the other thing I just discovered and I haven't tried it so I can't do a testimonial on it but I was so happy to find it is uh, lemongrass powder
1: Oh, that sounds really good. Because I never have lemongrass in my well, and it's just so hard to chop and so hard to cook, and and it's so resistant. Yes, we should (laughs) come up with
0: a carrot and lemongrass recipe (laughs) because they deserve each other. Well, and
1: it would be good.
0: Yeah, it would be great. Are you kidding?
1: Well, I mean, I just never thought of carrots as just your. You know, like chicken, if there's a new spice and I want to try it, I slap it on some chicken. You know, (laughs) it's just like my my base, like like empty palate type thing to try. And I never thought of carrots like that, but they would be, you know. Yeah. I bet that's really good. So you were talking about those powders. So my friend Lynn, she got a gift basket for uh, Christmas and something in it was honey powder. Have what? you ever heard of that or seen no. it? No. And so um, she gave me a little to try and I haven't tried it yet. But so interesting. And I really, really like the flavor of honey. I think it's delicious. Yes. And it would be so nice to be able to make a honey buttercream, wouldn't it? Yes. Because um, on something like a carrot cake, something yes. besides cream cheese frosting, it would just be so good it, just um, to have that flavor without wrecking what you're making with the, yeah, the yeah, liquid yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I can't wait to hear about yeah, that. I'm You'll get back to all of us on yes. this, okay?
1: <laughs> I a uh, job. And I will report
0: back on the uh, lemongrass powder uh, <laughs> to be to, to, <laughs> yeah. to be continued. <laughs> um, I was thinking when you were saying uh, very rightly so that uh, in the winter we miss that all the f- mm-hmm. fresh spring veg, and I have lately been. To- tossing a ton of fresh herbs into everything because it kind of, in some small way, compensates for mm-hmm. not having all of that. You know, thirty-seven kinds of lettuce. Yeah. And um, uh, the good news is nothing's being recalled right now. Yay! You know, <laughs> lettuce has become <laughs> problematic. <gonna> <laughs> and of course, it would be our favorite lettuce. It always gets recalled. Anyway. Um, That'd I've be been co- putting a lot of fr- fresh herbs in everything.
1: That'd be quite a tombstone, death by salad. <laughs> 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 but I've been doing exactly the same thing, and and um, it makes me realize that it does feel a little bit springy, um, but I do it out of cheapness just because I've got a giant herb garden and everything this time of year is just trying so hard to die, and I'm just like, no, I must use it before, you know. <laughs> well, um, yes. But, um, but, yeah, it does. It, it just really... Um, that that little bit of freshness—it's—it's—it's it's, it's just really a mood lifter this time of year. Yeah,
0: I have always—well, uh, not always—but you know, ever since I came to my senses, resisted <laughs> planting mint because really, um, and so I tend to buy little bunches of mint uh, when I go to the produce section, um, but. I don't use enough mint, and when I do buy it and use it, I'm like, "Why am yeah, I, I really not like putting it. it in everything?" Yeah. And I just recently, um, uh, because of the big defrost, yeah, you know, the freezer defrost is very, it can be very inspirational as you go. Oh, I didn't know I had that, and <laughs> and then there comes a whole new meal. Um, so I found some lamb, uh, like a tiny rack of of lamb ribs. In the freezer and just thawed them out and and then went to get, I went to the co-op and they they very wisely do not carry mint jelly, which is a foul, foul thing, I got to say, but my husband loves mint jelly with mm-hmm. lamb. Um, remind me to finish that thought. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not big on mint jelly and I always resist buying it because
1: we're going to eat it once and then the jar and then sits there in the it fridge. It is yeah.
0: Yeah. annoying me every time I see it. And the recipes for mint jelly always start with apple jelly. Yeah. And I don't want that either. That. Yeah. yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. So, um, so. It was good. They said we don't we don't have that. Although they're uh, they're very um, accommodating about bringing something in if that's what you'd like to have on the shelf. And I was like, never mind. You have fresh mint. Mm-hmm. I'm just being lazy. I'll mm-hmm. take the fresh mint. And then I found a really nice mint relish um, recipe that's that turned out to be the best thing about dinner. Really, what was it? and also. Uh, in the course of that dinner, I found out that my husband doesn't really like lamb. And in keeping with my theory that it's a poor day when we don't learn something, I learned something, <laughs> which is like, don't don't slaughter a young animal on my behalf because we don't we're not having it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Um, the the mint relish was. I, I got the recipe from Eat Your Books and found out that I have lots of mint salsas and relishes in my cookbook collection. I bet you have thousands. Well, no,
1: but um, I really really like mint, especially with tomatoes. And oh, so yeah. I just that's the same thing with that that online oh, in free yeah. index Eat Your Books for your cookbooks. You can search your cookbooks for for recipes, and so I like things that have mint and tomato.
0: Yes. And, and you can do that by one single ingredient mm-hmm. w- or a combination of ingredients. Um, I've been using that... Um website a lot and I'm finding things that I would never find I Mm -hmm. wouldn't even think to look Mm -hmm. Um, if you have more than three cookbooks you need to uh, (laughs) check out eat your books it's it's a free thing so uh, just check it out eatyourbooks.com it's just a
1: free index for all of your recipes and all of your ingredients in all your cookbooks yep very useful
0: very, very useful. So uh, fresh mint, uh, shallot, a little garlic, a little olive oil, a little um, salt and pepper, a little Dijon, okay. um, a little squeeze of lemon juice. It was nothing fancy. Everything I had, I didn't have to go shopping. Um, it was really delicious, and I could imagine it on a lot of things, not necessarily just lamb, but even uh, some ve- different kinds of veg. So... That was a good find.
1: That's awesome. And it it sounds so much better than lamb jelly. Yeah. Lamb jelly. (laughs) Mint jelly. (laughs) It also sounds better than lamb jelly. (laughs) Hardly anybody does lamb jelly these days.
0: (laughs) And rightly so. Ugh. (laughs) Oh. Oh. mm, Aspic. Yeah. mm, It's made up of (laughs) two words. Oh, I like tomato aspic.
1: Okay. I don't even know if I've ever had it. Oh.
0: I love it. It's okay. so old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. And it's you can, you know, it's molded. Yes. <laughs> I have those. It's so much better than jello. It's so good. <laughs> it's uh, tomato jello. Uh, uh, before we continue, I would like to just take a second and let everybody know that Food Talk is a co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. I'm Marianne uh, Myers, and I'm here with Linda Perkins, and we're talking about home cooking. I wanted to um, say, Linda, about uh, Matt from Forage and Farm. I wanted to mention Matt from Forage and Farm because what he does has been inspiring what I've been doing in my kitchen, and I know you're a fan. And, also. and yeah,
1: it, and it's foraging. It's just like one step beyond local, local, yes. local, local farmers. You know, I mean, I, yeah. He's really remarkable. Yes, he is.
0: Um, Forage and Farm is out of Raymond, Washington. And uh, we're really lucky. We met Matt, or at least I met Matt, through Egg Day at North Coast Food Web because he does a CSA of Foraged, And they have a small farm also. Um, uh, uh, con comp- uh, com- community-supported agriculture boxes. And he does that year-round. And he has started bringing those boxes for anybody to purchase um, on Thursdays um, at Egg Day at the North Coast Food Web. And I have been um, buying those and being really happy. Wild watercress. And one of the things that's been in the last couple boxes that I— didn't have a lot of experience with his sunchokes yeah. or Jerusalem artichokes, which yeah. turns out to not actually be chokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually tubers of uh, sunflower, North American sunflower. But they are um, I've only ever had them like sliced and uh, roasted like a roasted veg, mm-hmm. which they're really good that And that's way. the only way I've had them. And when I go to eat your books and mm-hmm. look up recipes for them, because I have a double handful of them now... Um, I found two recipes that I'm going to try because they both sound great. And one of them is a salad.
1: So do you kind of like a fennel bulb? Do you just like shave it?
0: Yes. You slice it really, really thin. Really and and they. Um, uh, what I also read in my research is that there are several chefs that whose theory is that there are some vegetables that are better eaten raw and that's one of them okay. although and and in this salad um they are thin sliced and then Brussels sprouts raw but just uh into leaves mm-hmm. and um castor castel vetrano olives the really good green olives from italy um anchovies, parmesan, and a Meyer lemon vinaigrette.
1: It sounds really good. It sounds
0: really good. I'm going to definitely do that. And the other thing that I found that uh, sounded really good to me um, from a 2006 Bon Appetit, (laughs) my library is kind (laughs) of antiquated, um, is uh, pan fried, uh, which I think anything that – Crisps them up a little bit is a really great thing, uh, with just a little butter, a little um, olive oil, fresh sage, lemon juice, and parsley. And um, in the end, you crisp up the, you take everything out of the pan and crisp up the sage, and use it as a garnish. And I think that sounds like a it really sure great side yeah. veg dish. So I'm confident that I'm going to love both of those. But I I will report back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you said crisping up the sunchokes, and it reminded me. So um, I do this thing that I kind of learned from my grandma, and I I don't even know if it's a thing, but she would always pretty much just, and she cooked all the time. So um, she would just leave her fry pans, and um, the only time she would really wash them is if she cooked fish. Ah. And the reason I was thinking of this is um, the other day I made some, oh, what did I make? Oh, um... I made some turkey roulades. Yes. So so two of them, you know, one to eat, one for the freezer. And so often I cook that way. So um, it's just a turkey breast. You pound, you know, cut it and pound it out flat, and then stuff it with stuffing. So first, what I do is I sear them in a fry pan. um, So I get them brown on the outside, and then I finish them in the oven. So I seared them in the fry pan, but then there was some little pieces of stuffing that get squished under the turkey, and then they get really crisp and flat. And so then the next thing I made a couple hours later was eggs, but it had the little crisp be bits of stuffing in it and that's really good and that's what my grandma said is your pan is flavor and then the only flavor you really don't want is fish and so um um a couple days ago i was i made some uh Meatloaf, that's a word I couldn't think of. I don't know why it escaped me, but meatloaf. And again, I made one for the freezer, one for me, or one for us. And so I was making some gravy, but I still had um, some odd juice from the New Year's Eve standing rib roast, you know. So um, just just maybe mm, a generous half cup. (laughs) That's my nickname, generous half cup Perkins. Maybe a generous half cup of that. And so just making gravy, just whatever is flavor that you have, you know, if you have gravy from something else if you, a little bit if you have um, um, odd juice just anything like that uh, I'll put in it and, and gravy's never the same one time to the next but um but it's flavor you know that's great and so, what kind
0: of pan are you using
1: um just just a, a saute pan yeah just a, I, I actually use way more than most people who know how to cook do nonstick pans just because uh, um I like them yeah and I mess up
0: I have a couple of uh, old pans that are not—I only have one nonstick pan, but I, I have a couple of old pans that are so easy cleanup that I use them all the
1: time. Yeah, and that's really lucky.
0: Yeah, it's really lucky. I don't know why uh, that would be. And I'm so through with cast iron, seriously. Cast iron is not an old person's friend in the kitchen. (laughs) Holy cow, I don't need a a pan that weighs five pounds before I put anything in it.
1: It's a lot of work, but I still, it's funny that you said that. I really, really love the enamel-covered cast iron. Oh, yeah, I I do have a Dutch iron. Yeah, and so, as a matter of fact, because... um, uh, Somebody in the family is is learning how to cook, and I have had mine for a long time, and it really went on sale, which it never does, you know, over Christmas. So I bought myself two new pans. So I have two new enamel covered cast iron, and that was my big thing this Christmas. That's for me really exciting, and that's what started me thinking about salads because I have these new pans, and I'm like, okay, I'm a braising machine. Here I go, you know. <laughs> I gotta because um, when I when I first got my original. Uh, French uh, enamel cast iron pans you know they say on the box you can wash them in the dishwasher and don't ever do that don't you know <laughs> just, just stop. Um, it's just
0: a sales pitch it's ugh. not the truth
1: <laughs> thanks anyway so um so now I will treat mine exactly how they should be treated from the very beginning and I'll be way happier yeah. I won't be resentful of what the box said you know yeah. for 13 years <laughs> it's so I,
0: I'm uh uh yeah <laughs> I am always stunned when a product will say that, knowing yeah. that it's not true. They know yeah. that it's not it's not recommended, and they set you up to be yeah. unhappy with their product.
1: Yeah, I I, I remember buying um, some pans at Costco. They say wash in the dishwasher, and then I did, and they were ruined. And so then um, on the other side of the box, it says not recommended to wash in the dishwasher. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, really. <laughs>
0: I know it's not funny, but it's funny. Uh, Oh, my God. I did a meatloaf, too. Did you? Because it's winter. (gasps)
1: Great minds think alike.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they do. And also, husbands love meatloaf.
1: Well, um, meatloaf and things that are kind of like meatloaf, like cabbage rolls and stuffed peppers lately, I have just been putting bacon on top of them, and it seems to make them all better. Like, every one of them, it improves.
0: That's a good thing to know. Although we sort of, on a cellular level, we know that bacon makes things better. <laughs> Oatmeal. It's good to be reminded. <laughs> Candy canes. <laughs> you know what I made the other night that I, well, of course you don't, but um, <laughs> uh, I that I haven't made in a blue moon seriously what? buttermilk biscuits.
1: Oh, really? And
0: I think of baking powder biscuits, basically, as being too heavy something you have to eat like within a microsecond of it coming out yeah, of the yeah. oven all of that kind of stuff i'm I'm just never tempted uh but i had some buttermilk that i really needed to use and um and i think i've said before that, that i love this one cookbook that's pretty new to me called cooking for two mm-hmm. it's out of the um Test kitchens, yeah, uh, America's Test yeah, kitchens. yeah, 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 and uh, so everything's tested within yeah. an inch of its life. And, Holy and it turns cow! Out, which is great. Yeah, is something that is not yes. super common for cookbooks. They're never going to say to you, "Put it in the dish in, in the dishwasher <laughs> if you shouldn't." Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, this and and one thing that I loved about this was that it was a recipe for four biscuits.
1: Oh, nice. Isn't that nice? Yes, yeah, so you don't have to do the math. And also, with so many baking recipes, you don't know if it's going to turn out That's if, right. if you cut it. And that doesn't seem right, but it's really true. That's right.
0: And also, how do you split a fourth of a teaspoon? Of... I mean, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean. It gets crazy. So that was really nice. But these biscuits just turned out so light and fluffy and... Um, fabulous. Uh, They had all kinds of things you could do with them and I threw some herbs in them because I'm on an herb jag and I put in some rosemary and uh, some parmesan and they were just really good and I was um, surprised at myself for not having made them more often.
1: No but um, America's Test Kitchen they're more cooks than they are bakers, yeah. um, and same thing. Cooks Illustrated, the same company, yes. um, but uh, the biscuits—they have good biscuit recipes, and they have like a laminated biscuit recipe that I will use. Just and it's—it's it's just you just knead the dough differently, but. Um, um, it just always turns out, and that's what you want with a biscuit. You just—that's the the thread that biscuits always have. We will be leaden. Yes, <laughs>
0: biscuits and dumplings. Yes, it's yes. like please no, yes. please no. Yes. Uh, Whoopsie! You but, looked at them
1: wrong. They're cement.
0: I'm gonna make them again. I really liked them. They were great. Okay. So.
1: Nice. Hey, that um matt that forger matt uh nevitt yeah. he was on cnn yesterday
0: you know what you sent me a text about that and said he's going to be on around 11 and i read the text around one.
1: Oh no <laughs> well because he told me like 10 minutes before 11 and so then I, I sent you a text yeah but yeah so he was just on for a couple minutes but he was on cnn what was the story they um just they were they have something it's called instead of a wander Lust, it's Wander Musts, and they're just, oh. it's a little segment where they're saying, This is where you must go. Oh, okay. And they, they just did the North Coast. Um, oh. And so, but they showed him foraging with his basket, and he was talking about foraging. And then they showed Haystack Rock, which is not super close to him. And then they showed the EVOO. People down, is it in um, Cannon, Cannon Beach? Beach. Yeah, uh-huh. and so um, just a little blurb about about um, the north coast here. But, um, but it was just really cool to see him and yes. just talking about foraging and talking about chanterelles, which are really, you know, our big forage thing here. Everybody goes and gets those. Yes. Um, but yeah, he said he's been on the Discovery Channel, too. And then I told him I'd been on (laughs) KMUN. So, ha. And that (laughs) shut him up. (laughs) That boy is so polite. Neater, neater, you neater. know he is
0: still bringing us wild mushrooms every week and here yeah. we are in January he um we've been getting uh the yellowfoot and the hedgehog, hedgehog. yeah
1: cuz two weeks ago the basket had like five different kinds of mushrooms uh, I know yeah,
0: yeah. <gasps> a cauliflower mushroom yeah. oh my gosh yeah. love it's, that it's
1: stuff. it's just really really interesting just as the as the food economy gets stronger and stronger in this county and this area um, just what people can do and, and what they can come up with—it's just really, really astounding. I know it's the variety gets wider as the economy gets stronger.
0: Yeah, hooray! Pushing the, <laughs> pushing that agricultural economy back up the, uh, you know, yeah. but back up the hill because it yeah. used to be way up there.
1: Yeah,
0: and then it got so uh, farms couldn't afford property, and we could talk about that all day long. But let's talk about food. <laughs>
1: So um, I've got my new pots, and I've got some short ribs, which is something that I really like to braise. So um, they're just cut like like ribs, not like the Flanken style, which I like right. to grill. And so I just make them like pot roast. Um, I think it's such an important thing when you're going to braise meat to brown it first and to get a brown crust on it, not to like just have it turn gray. That was my mom's recipe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, well, um I have a question then about the browning. Okay. Do you do uh do you do that on medium, medium high, high?
1: So, it's um on my stove because we don't have gas where I live. It's too rural. I can only have an electric stove. It's not quite medium high. It's a little closer to medium, but that okay. on my stove is what I have to do so that I can usually if I'm going to um braise a whole pot of short ribs you want them to pretty much cover the bottom but you don't want to brown them that way because there's too many in them and they'll release too much liquid yeah and then they will um um steam and turn gray yay (laughs) such a great color oh look outside it's gray (laughs) but um But I dry them off with a paper towel because you want them dry before they go in the pot. I don't salt and pepper them because for some reason that brown on the bottom of the pan that you want so much to make, you know, the liquid, which makes the gravy taste so good. If I salt and pepper them, it just seems to turn blacker.
0: Uh And so
1: I I, I put the salt and pepper in afterwards. And I know that that's not typical, but it's just my experience. No,
0: I think it's okay. And I um, have read that uh, you shouldn't pepper things before you sear them because there's some sort of chemical thing going on, but it is a science-y thing. Okay, And good. so my brain immediately dismisses the details and just keeps the nugget, which okay, is yeah. wait to pepper until after okay. you've
1: seared. Well, I appreciate that. Then it doesn't make me feel like a fool.
0: We have to stop because it's <laughs> no! uh, almost time for headline news, and then uh, John Stevenson is in the house He's for so Lost talented. Highways. Here we go. Thank you, Linda.
1: Thank you, Marianne Myers. Bye-bye.